Hi, this is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to All Marine Radio on your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. Everybody's been waiting for. That's right. Today is the day that you actually say thank you for your service. That's right. It's appropriate today. All right. I know everybody's fired up about that. So, thank you for your service. Yes. Today's the day we actually celebrate that. Service. So, let it... (laughs) Let it rip, all right? Just in the way of education, remember, Memorial Day is not that day, okay? Ever got that? On Memorial Day, we go out of our way to thank the families, the people who have family members who gave their life in the service of the nation, okay? Memorial Day, got it? Yeah. All right, so everybody knows. And today, whether you handed out volleyballs in Minot, North Dakota, whether you helped put up the flag on Iwo Jima, or anything in between, today's the day. Yeah, that's a little public service announcement from your friends here at All Jughead Radio, right? There you go. All right. So, you should be fired up. You can let that shit <laughs> rip all day in the safety of the wisdom. Yeah, that today's the day. Thank you for your service. That's right. So, thank you for your service to everybody out there. The um, Veterans Day. <clears throat> yeah. Now, Veterans Day wasn't always Veterans Day. Did you know that? Do you know the history of Veterans Day? Yeah, it used to be known as Armistice Day. Yeah, and it was the commemoration 
right? At the 11th hour on the 11th day of the 11th month of the armistice in World War I. So the World War I guys had their own day, right? Where they remembered. And um, guys from World War II came back and said, yo, what's up, man? Do we get our own day too? Like, these guys have Armistice Day. We don't have shit. And they fought a little bit in France. We fought a global war. So it was a little uh, like, I don't want to say, there was a little bit of a, there was some shit going on, right? So then uh, Armistice Day evolved to Veterans Day. Yep. So there you have it. A little thumbnail sketch of the history of Veterans Day. There's probably a few more events that go in there, but... I'm not really going to do a deep dive into the evolution. I could do that, uh, as a matter of fact. Um, so, yeah. I, I, You know, I have to tell you, though, yesterday I was not a happy guy. I am profoundly concerned about the direction of the American military. And... Um, and I'm not going to beat that horse to death today. Um, in fact, I'm going to do the exact opposite. But yeah, I was not—I was not a happy guy yesterday. Um, the indications that I see of the American military consistently are of an organization, and I mean in toto. Yeah, you could look that shit up. <clears throat> yeah, in toto that is an organization in decline that is being asked to take on an organization that is ascending, an organization that is bent on one thing, delivering a message that if you want to get it on with us, we will put your head on a stick. We will have more ships. We will have more fighters. We are going, we have every intention if push comes to shove, but we don't really think it will because we think you'll surrender long before that because you've shown, shown historically you don't have the stomach for it, okay? Oh, make no mistake, though, we do. So in the face of that reality, yeah, what, what did I read the other day? By the 2030, the Chinese Navy, 460 warships will be struggling to get to 300. Nice. Nice. So anyway, in the face of that, um, we have admirals, generals that go up on Capitol Hill and never even mention the words operational excellence. Don't. They know what they're supposed to say when they go up there. They talk diversity. They talk all this other craziness. Not, not that diversity is craziness. It is not, okay? Because it's never been that. But job one is operational excellence. Everything else to include diversity come after that. But you know they're not going to say that. So I'm uneasy. Because the, the more I see of the American military the more concerned I grow. So, yeah, yesterday, I'm not a happy guy. Um, 
but happy birthday if you missed the program yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And so let me ask you this. What, what's going to happen in another year when the Republicans retake the Senate? I mean, because look, you know what's going to happen, right? We're going to go through a winter of high natural gas prices and high gasoline prices, right? And the independents who came down, right, in the red wave on the side of the Democrats are not going to be real happy. And enough of them will desert. They will put the House back in control of the Republicans and, dare I say, the Senate as well. So what's going to happen when the tone on Capitol Hill isn't this screaming progressive like dialogue? Is all of a sudden everybody going to get unwoke and say, oh, well, yeah. I mean, wouldn't the question be, well, General, aren't you a leader? Didn't you just testify less than 12 months ago about this? Oh, well, yeah. I don't know that that's what leaders do, but that's what we got. Hence my concern. The people at the top, not so much about telling you the truth. They are officially politicians. I don't know what star goes on their shoulders Where that when that happens. Maybe it's the first one. Not exactly sure. But, yeah. So... Um, so Veterans Day. Um, email. Mac, how many emails have you got about the specials that you can take advantage of today? You know, uh, I don't, who sends me that shit? Hold on, I'll tell you. I mean, I delete them. But I think the VA sends them to me. Oh, here you go. VA News. This is from the VA, Veterans Affair at messages.va.gov, okay? Uh, free wings, barbecue, 20% off Walgreens, Veterans Finder app, 10% off Target. How about that? So so, so get get out there and do, do your shopping, boys and girls. Today's the day. Yeah. Hey, if you're in southern Wisconsin, free dental day for veterans. That's right, November 12th. I'm looking at it right here. I, I know people that live in southern Wisconsin, and I think he just fell out of his chair. That's right. I'm looking at it right here. Free dental day. So you can go get your chops sanitized. That's right. You can go get your choppers sanitized. Yeah. No, I don't. My kids actually get irritated. No, no they don't. Uh, like, we'll go to SeaWorld. This is a few years ago. What, everybody who's a veteran stand? I don't I don't like to stand for that kind of stuff. I mean, I don't. I, I'm, I just don't. It's not why I ever did what I did. It was to be acknowledged in public. You know? Um, I'm, you know, service, right? In the service, as it's known, it's, I think especially after you see the sacrifice that um, for those of us that have been fortunate enough to uh, to go defend this country, when you see the sacrifice uh, that young Americans make, uh, when you witness the um, anguish that their families go through, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't begrudge anybody from being acknowledged or whatnot, but my kids would look at me and go, why don't you stand up? 
And I would say, leave me alone, man. Why don't you stand up? I'm not a veteran. Okay, well, that explains that. Um, you know, and I have to say that um, a sad note, somebody who impacted my life uh, passed away, and I tried to interview him um, not too long ago. But um, former VA administrator and Georgia Senator Max Cleveland died at his home um, in Georgia. And um, he lived an amazing life. And um, he's in Vietnam. And another soldier in an LZ drops a grenade. He loses three limbs because of it. Yeah. He originally rises to prominence in Georgia politics. And I believe he was younger than the age of 35 when he's appointed as the... Um, as the as the head of the VA, Cleland, C-L-E-L-A-N-D, under his administration, under his leadership, um, the VA creates the vet centers. But yeah, his story is is uh, is an amazing one, and um, yeah, it personally impacted my life, those vet centers. You know, you, you can go there, your um, your record stays there unless you agree uh, that it can go someplace else. So, you, you know, I went while I was on active duty. And um, here's from his Wikipedia page, Max Cleland. After returning from the Vietnam War, having lost three limbs, he entered politics. From 1971 to 75, he served as a Georgia state senator. So you can see, 1971, right? Um, he also served as administrator of Veterans Affairs under President Jimmy Carter from 1977. Jimmy Carter, a Georgia boy, right? From 1977 to 1981, administrator of the VA so he's head of the VA and from 1977 he was born in 42 so he was 35 years old when he became head of the VA um yeah pretty amazing pretty amazing life um served in the army during the Vietnam War rose to the rank of captain was awarded the silver star and the bronze star for valor in combat including during the Battle of Quezon on April 4th, 1968. He was a comm officer with 2nd Battalion, 12th Cavalry during the Battle of Quezon. With a month left in his deployment to Vietnam, he was ordered to set up a radio relay station on a nearby hill nearby to Quezon. A helicopter flew him and two other soldiers to the treeless top of Hill 471, east of Quezon. When the helicopter landed, Cleveland jumped out, followed by two soldiers. They ducked because of the rotor wash as the Huey lifted off. Cleveland reached down to pick up a grenade 
that he believed had fallen out of his flak jacket. It exploded and the blast slammed him backwards, shredding both of his legs and one arm. David Lloyd, a U.S. Marine in a nearby mortar bunker, rushed to the scene, took off his web belt, and tied it around one of Cleveland's legs to control the bleeding. Lloyd said the unnamed soldier that the unnamed soldier was crying. It was mine, he said. It was my grenade, according to Lloyd. The private had failed to take the extra precaution that experienced soldiers did when they grabbed M26 grenades from ammo boxes and bend the pins or tape them in place so they couldn't accidentally dislodge. I will tell you this. Um, you know, those pins are not, you know, you see in, you know, in movies, guys pulling pins with their teeth, right? Yeah, if you you want to find yourself in southern Illinois getting free dental care, go ahead and try that with a grenade. Those pins are pushed through a hole, and then they're, the pin is actually two pieces of metal pushed together, and then those pieces of metal are pulled outwards, right, in like an L, and I mean you, I mean they don't come out easily, but anyway, um, you see inexperienced people straighten those pins out, and uh, you see experienced people look and see that and say, "Yo, genius, bend those pins right now." So anyway, um, due to the severity of his wounds, both of Cleland's legs were amputated above the knee, and his right forearm. He was 25 years old. Yeah. So again, he passed away of heart failure um, at his home. And so God bless him. God bless everything he did. Uh, you want a great example of a, uh, of a great veteran. Um, Max Cleland, certainly not. And again, a uh, guy who impacted a lot of lives with the creation of vet centers. And uh, so God bless him. I saw that the other I saw that, I think, yesterday or day before yesterday and uh, and I forgot to mention it yesterday so uh, yeah today Veterans Day um, he's an interesting guy and um, so again God bless him God bless everything he did and all the different lives he touched the uh, what are we going to do today well, uh, the Mensa Brothers will join us here on Veterans Day. And a listener sent me a list of questions. Hey, Mac, I know you do something different on Veterans Day, and I assume the Mensa Brothers will join you. Here's a list of questions if you care to entertain them. And we did. So, <laughs> so you, they're everything from... Your favorite pizza, your favorite ice cream, to are you religious? So a little bit of um, a little bit of human interest um, from the Mensa boys today, and I I thought it was interesting doing it. Right, I did, and so um, you'll hear that today on Veterans Day. My grandfather fought in, for, uh, uh, in the Great War. Yeah, I have his medals. John, no middle initial McNamara. 
He um, came to the United States, I think, at the age of 16 in, like, 1914. And then four years later, at the age of 20, turned around and went back and fought for the country uh, in Europe. Was an engineer and fought in every major battle that the 1st Infantry Division fought in in, uh, in World War II. So uh, Armistice Day. Yeah, you know, and, I, and my, my, my uncle, um, my Uncle Jim, um, he was not a big fan of my grandfather. My grandfather was a drinker, and he was physically abusive. As, you know, that, that was the way of, you know, you disciplined kids back then. And um, as I've learned more about, you know, I, when I read the campaigns that he, his company participated in, Company D, 1st Engineer Battalion, 1st Infantry Division, right? And what he probably did and saw. Um, and then, you know, my uncle would talk about, you know, he'd be gone for days. Well, what was he doing? He's getting drunk. And um, so I don't know, my grandfather, um, scarred by the First World War, and affected him till he passed away when he was 44. Uh, died of a heart attack. Yep. Working on the railroad. My dad used to tell a story about one of the worst days of my grandfather's life was um, December 7th was uh, on a Sunday when the attack on Pearl Harbor went. My grandfather, <clears throat> evidently, on the following Monday, went down to the recruiter's office, right? He's a veteran of the United States Army, right? So let's just say he was 20 in 1918. So... 20 years later is 1938. So he's 43, maybe, 43, 44, something, something like that. So he's in his early 40s. And, um, you know, he goes down to re-enlist. And the recruiter looks at him and says, hey, old man, we don't need you. <laughs> my, my dad said, yeah, we didn't see him for about a week. He did not take that very well. So um, anyway... Um, yeah, but today we celebrate all veterans, no matter what you did, right? And, and I would say this, um, to me, if you're not a veteran, right, you're going to hear something that the McNamara kids grow up with this country. And I'll give you the, the context behind it. Um, I'm putting in flags. My kids are little, probably 10, 7 maybe 11, 8, and 5, three years apart. Um, that's how we planned it, uh, or not. Um, so we go to help people at the VFW and the Legion put in flags on Memorial Day, right? And so we're doing that. And... Um, My oldest son, John, the major, the newly promoted major, yeah, he comes to me and he says, hey, Dad, can you come here? And I said, yeah. So we walk over and he's doing the math on, on, the, um, on the graves where he's putting the flags because they have a little map, right? Um, and... Uh, He's doing the math, and he says he was only 16. 
I thought you couldn't be in the, the you couldn't sign up till you were 18. I said, oh, in World War II, you know, it's not like they could verify your birth certificate. So you showed up with a piece of paper that said you were 18 and you were a big kid. They signed your ass up. You went. So he probably enlisted when he was 15, maybe 14. And whoever this was was killed at Normandy, right? June 6, 1944. And I said, do you know what day that was? And he said, no. I said, that was the Normandy invasion. So he probably signed up when he was 15, right? Went to recruit training, shipped off to a unit. They shipped him over to England, and he participated in, you know, the greatest amphibious landing ever staged. And out of that, in a conversation with my three kids, it's like that was not his dream, right? You know that. He's a kid from around here. Um, and his dream wasn't to be in this cemetery at the age of 16 with a piece of marble sticking out of his forehead. But his nation needed him. This nation needed him. And he went and he served. So what does that mean for you guys? <laughs> so they're, they're standing there, right? 11, 8, and 5, like, oh, what does he want us to say? Uh, uh, uh. And I said, what it means is that this country didn't get to be the way it is, to be a great nation, because nobody gives a shit, okay? Throughout our history, Americans, right, they do what needs to be done in their communities, for the nation, in their states. For the world, no less. I said, so the requirement for you all is to do things that help for you guys in your school and in our neighborhood and in this town. Whether we go volunteer for Special Olympics, we go pick up trash on spring trash cleanup day, right? We go deliver meals on Christmas Eve, <clears throat> right? And they all, yeah. I said, those are the things you do in your community. That is what you owe this young man who gave the only life he ever had for this country. You guys understand that? You owe him and you owe this country because you won the lottery. Okay? You're an American. And they're looking they're looking at me like, what? Like, uh oh, are we in trouble? Because he's pretty serious, right? Um, but they've heard that over and over in their lives. And I have to tell you that one of the things I'm most proud about my kids is that my kids do that stuff. And so, and so today we celebrate that service, uh, the service of veterans. But I hope everybody who's not a veteran is inspired um, by the stories that they will see on the news today and whatnot. And just know this, we all need to help out in our communities around the country. And that's the way great communities uh, happen. Uh, there was a story, and I, I think I talked about it yesterday, but uh, I'm not sure. Maybe I'll mention it a couple times today, but um, at a high school hockey game, um, a female student, you know, was playing goalie. And so some of the students began a chant. And uh, it made national news. It was sexual in nature, so it got a lot of attention. 
A week later, her team plays again. The entire arena is packed. And what are all those people saying? Yeah, fuck that nonsense that went on last week, right? We're here to support you, right? We know our community's better. Right? I mean, how cool is that? That's the nation you live in. And, you know, we all have chances to, to, to do that kind of stuff. The important thing is don't shrink uh, when it comes your way. So on that note, it is Thursday. Whitney Houston's going to sing the national anthem. And again, I just hope that the service that we celebrate today inspires people that have that don't serve so much to get out there and help. That's how the nation becomes better. So, yeah, don't pay attention to the news. It's bullshit. Good morning to you. Happy Veterans Day to everybody. The one and only Whitney Houston makes this morning official as soon as I make sure I have... Why did that happen? I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I got too much static. This is Whitney Houston, though. Good morning. Something happened. Whitney Houston's gone. Hold on, I'll find her. Or maybe I won't. Now, now, then now it's personal. Okay, so we're not going anywhere till I find Whitney Houston. So, she's around here someplace. MP3 files are down at the bottom. MP4, so emotional. Yeah, this is a great song. This is one of her, this is one of her first songs. You know, Whitney Houston. I mean, her life is just this complete dichotomy of where when we met her and what she appeared to be, and then ultimately what how her life ended, which was, you know. Um, a woman on drugs and whatnot. So, yeah. So I think this is her.
I don't hear that often enough anymore. I just started playing it on Thursday. So, um, yeah, I don't know if you remember in the Super Bowl when she sang that, but that was like jaw dropping. The um, so yeah, God bless Whitney Houston, right? Such talented artist and could not find her way in life. Reminds me of my younger sister Maureen, who uh, was like that. Anyway, um, a little bit different today on Veterans Day. We broaden the lens of what we celebrate today here on All Marine Radio. And uh, here you go. There's no doubt who has the best song, right? I mean, this this is the army song, and it's a like, it's a good song, but come on. It's too tame. I was watching a thing on YouTube about boy bands. Yeah. And I was watching a thing about One Direction with Colleen, and they were talking about song selection, right? For that their kind of band that they could sing in big venues that would be big songs. I was like, I didn't know that. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, you. I mean, as a your service song, you want it to be a big song, right? That you can belt out. You. For those of you who don't know, this is the Coast Guard. I know they're not a DOD entity, okay? Don't give me that. The Coast Guard.
you're betraying your whole life if you don't say what you think and you don't say it honestly and bluntly what keeps you awake at night nothing i keep other people awake at night for this campus had prepared him well <clears throat> i'm very confident that thank you very much <clears throat> if this was vodka it'd be a lot better speech <clears throat> <clears throat> but I'm not supposed to glamorize alcohol anymore. So, young folks, you ignore what I just said. We just have to execute. And we are executing every day. And so our major and I are very proud of what you do. Doesn't mean we can't get better. We don't, we don't want to make a mistake to learn. We don't want to lose to learn. We cannot lose if we have to go fight. We got to do what these Marines did here 75 years ago. Persevere against difficult challenging conditions and odds to win. You gotta win. Neller with the winning thing. Right? You gotta give him credit for that, man. He gets high marks for that. Winning in a birthday message. Yes, it's what we do. All other things subordinate to winning. It's why we exist. It's the first thing always out of my mouth, winning. Not so much anymore. That's why I'm concerned. Okay, we're going to check the weather, and then the Mensa brothers are going to join me. Yeah, no news today. Let me update the current temperatures, just in case they're not. Currently, they were not, just for the record. Yeah, for those of you who care about shit like that my webpage didn't automatically update them, which sometimes I think it does, but obviously it did not this morning. Currently, partly sunny at 65 in Quantico. That's right. So nice day on the East Coast. Down the coast at Marine Corps Air Station Cherry Point. Mostly cloudy in 68. 29 Palms. Sunny in 70 already. Yeah, it's going to be upper 80s here in Southern California. Camp Pendleton, sunny and 75 already. That must be at the airfield over the hill. Um, Camp Smith in Hawaii, clear, dark, and 68. Okinawa, dark, cloudy, 65. In Manila, dark, cloudy, 82. And in Darwin, dark, cloudy, 84. Dark, cloudy, 84 is is like Darwin with my eyes closed, okay? Just so you know. Currently at the home of All Marine Radio. It is sunny and 66. Looking for a high of 87. That's Ochenta y Siete in SAP if you're listening in SAP right now. 87 today, 86 on Friday, 79 on Saturday, 78 on Sunday, 76 on Monday. Kaboom! Yeah. Wear your sunscreen, everybody. Take... Oh, my God. It's playing again. Or not. I can only stand so much of it, right? Yeah. Everybody knows. I could only stand so much of that before... I've got to hear this. Yeah, 
that version, boy band like event, big anthem, big venue, big guys screaming out a big song with big history, right? Sorry, it's just too good. Like I can't listen to that that lame ass version. No, Just uh, to make sure that all is right in the world, we had to listen to that. Here's an email. Mac, do you ever worry that you put some people off by your pro-Marine Corps stance? Um, No, I do not. (laughs) Now, if that's all it takes to get you not to listen, then you belong someplace else. I would hope that when they get their own podcast, that they would do the same thing. They would be as proud and fired up about the service they served in that they would talk the same amount of shit about their branch of the service. But my experience, mind you, is that doesn't happen so much. (laughs) Yeah, we're the most fired up and the most narcissistic. And narcissism is you're in love with yourself. That's not uh, Marines, man. We do it. Yeah. The difference between shit talking and confidence is confidence is born of achievement. Marine Corps. Gaboosh. So with that said, that's right. You could use that too. Oh, shit talking? No, 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 no. That's not what I'm doing. This is confidence born of achievement. Yeah. Go ahead. Look at my resume. I dare you to. So with that said, the Mensa brothers right now on kind of an interesting thing. A listener sent me a bunch of questions and said, I know you do something different. You'll hear me talk about it here in a minute. But uh, here you go. Pretty interesting, by the way. A little bit different edition of the the Mensa brothers. First of all, Jeff Kenny's UA. We have no idea where he is. But uh, we think he's speaking. But I thought that was tomorrow night. I thought he spoke Wednesday night and then... Friday night, but that I think is true, which would make sense that 
No, no, it wouldn't make sense. Anyway, never mind. I thought this was a day between his speaking gigs, which would mean that him being River City incommunicado would be normal, natural, and right for him. Um, and so we should not question that. So anyway, um, so we won't. But um, I have a, a series of questions. You guys ready? Ready. Okay. Mac, the first one's kind of a personal one. Now, I know you're divorced. I know Will's wife has passed. And I'm not sure Tim, I believe I've heard him talk about being married in the past. Do you guys like being married? I, as the only married one here currently, yes, I enjoy very much being married. Thank you for asking. Will? No, I, I like being married. Uh, I, I probably didn't figure out how much and until I lost my wife, you know. Um, we had our kids when we were really young, and so they've been out of our house for a long time. And it was just me and her. And then, you know, when she's gone, it, it, there's a big hole. Um, so, yeah, I definitely like being married. I like being married. Um, I, you know, being married is hard. I think, you know, uh, I've learned a lot about that, being divorced. And my ex and I are, are still great friends. We parent together. Uh, we don't believe our kids should be punished because um, our marriage did not stand the test of time. And so we try to do the best we can. And, and we do. Susan, I... Nothing says I give a shit like moving somebody, right? Every time Susan moves, Watosh moves her, okay? So my statement, till I die, like, yeah, I move her shit. So um, I'm, not total, I'm not a total shit bag. Um, but no, uh, marriage is hard, though. I mean, you look at people that grow together for that long a time. Um, that's, that's not easy to do. I mean, it's not easy to do and stay happy. It's easy to do and stay miserable, but um, the people that can do it and be best friends and, and live great lives together is pretty impressive. So so any other follow-up comments before we move to question number two? No, I didn't know that we were going to do the whole Oprah thing here. So Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm standing by for more, brother. What are you, are you afraid? You're afraid? No, no the, you... less said, the, less, the less said about marriage, for me, the better. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm glad I'm married. I think I'll leave it at that. Are you afraid to go Oprah, Will? It's okay. If no, you not at all. I just I'm not sure that that our we'll see what the audience reaction is. I mean, we're up to seventeen. There you go. <laughs> back down to single digits. Oh no, trust me. This is what they want to hear. The rest of that stuff they tolerate. Um, question number two: Are you a good bowler, Tim? How would no. you? How would you? If we all went bowling right now, how would you? What would you? Uh, I think the term is roll. What would you roll? And, uh, oh, if I, if, if I concentrated, I might get up over a hundred or so, but I'm not any good at bowling. I I've never enjoyed it and, and haven't done that much of it. Well, how about you? We, we have a family tradition that me and my kids, when they're here on Christmas, on Christmas Eve, we go bowling <laughs> and I'm, I'm good for about one and a half games. And then, uh, you know, I just lose it too old. 
can't bend over, arm gets out of whack. Oh, yeah. Bowling's a contact sport when you're in your late 50s. What? It's physically too much for you? Oh, yeah. So what would you give us a number? Tim says he'll crack 100. What do you typically, in the one good game that you roll, what do you what do you score? Oh, I'll roll uh, anywhere 120 to 150, and then 100 to 120, and then I'll probably give up in about the fifth frame of the last game. Yeah. I hate to say I'm like Will in anything because <clears throat> it's just not something I like to say. But uh, our bowling, I lose I, – it's like golf. I lose interest in a hurry. And uh, in golf, I can play nine holes. Bowling, I one, if you can get me to two. Unless I lose, unless somebody – somebody normally I only go with my family – one of my kids beats me and then shit talks me. Then that, then they just got me. Now it's a competitive event. Oh, it's event. on. Yeah. It's on, man. Yeah. yeah. But I, yeah, I would be anywhere from one, 110 to 160, 170 if I'm, uh, if I'm feeling it. So, and, but I've never been a fan of the game. I go to participate and hang out with people. Um, the funniest bowling experience I ever had was in Quantico with, do you remember Terry Walsh? Oh, yeah. Terry, his nickname was Marty because he had one of the biggest heads I've ever seen in my life. And uh, Marty was in reference to Mardi Gras, those big heads people wear. And so we went bowling with him. He launched a bowling ball down a bowling lane harder than any human being I've ever seen in my life. I was laughing. I couldn't even, <laughs> I couldn't even function because it was so funny. Pins were flying everywhere. It was... <laughs> <laughs> Terry Walsh. Hey, best best bowling story. When I was at AWS, my conference group. So you go to the school, there's 300 captains, and you break down your conference group is like 15 or 20. And we did a spouse's bowling night one night. And uh, Carrie used to like to bowl. And so the first game, she rolls like a 60. She's at the bottom of the pack. But by the third game. How'd that go over? We were, how'd, how'd that go over with Carrie? Well, we were about eight beers into it on the third game, and she came damn close to rolling a 200. She went from the bottom to the absolute top of everybody there. It was classic. We ended up walking home because the bowling alley was down in the basement of the theater. Right. We up lived the up in the letter. We walked home that night. <laughs> figured it was not safe to drive up the hill. That's funny. Yeah, bowling. Yeah, that. All right, next question. What is your favorite kind of pizza? Tim? Um, I would have to say uh, Italian sausage and mushroom. Italian? If, if we're talking sauce, about Italian on, sausage and mushroom, that's what, my favorite combination. How thick is the crust? Uh, I'd like the thin crust. Thin crust? Thin crust, light, light, and, and, and good and greasy, too. I'm not, a, I'm not a, a connoisseur when it comes to pizza. The old... Drippy, greasy stuff. I like that, just like when I was a kid. Yep. Nice, nice. Will, being Italian, this yeah. is a big, this is a big deal, right? This is part of your heritage. Uh, I am a connoisseur of pizza. You are. Oh yeah. You don't appear yeah. to be one. Like, are you self-anointed? Oh, no, Do you no. have any kind of credential that? Sure. Would... Yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, at my grandmother's house in Brooklyn, on the corner, was a a guy named Ross. We had a pizza parlor, and the only thing in there, there were two pizza ovens, and there was one uh, mini freezer for Italian ices, and I think there was one table, 
inside. And I didn't know that you put things on top of pizza because we always ate just cheese pizza. And I can't, couldn't imagine why you would put anything on top of it. It's the best pizza I ever had in my life. And so when, when wait a minute, my che- kids, cheese pizza, the cheese pizza from a corner in Brooklyn. Oh yeah. That's pizza. Were you, uh, were you, your dad was making a lot of money though. You guys were turned up. I thought you were a rich kid. Eh. No. So, so, <laughs> well, we used to bring the pizza home, you know, in the cardboard pizza boxes, my grandfather would rip the top of the box off and then rip that box into four pieces. Those were your paper plates for your pizza. <laughs> oh yeah. So he was so, in the, he was into recycling before recycling was cool. <laughs> no, he, he'd been through the depression. So. Oh, oh yeah. Oh that, which I mean, think about that. Like the whole COVID thing is what are we 36 months into it or something like, no, not even that 18 months into it. Can you imagine 10 years of this shit? Uh, I mean, so, think about that. And and only World War II gets us out of it. And the Dust Bowl, bowl happens in the Depression. Hello. Yeah. Anyway, back, so, back to the pizza story. So your grandfather cuts the box in quarters. And those are your paper plates. Oh, yeah. So when, when my kids were little, Harry says, one night a week, I'm not cooking. So we would have Friday night pizza night. Every Friday. And as we moved around the Marine Corps, it was one of the things that we had to do was to find the pizza place for Friday night pizza. And we would go through a couple, three, four places every time we moved until we found one that was satisfactory. So it's hard to do to find a real pizza. And it's funny, Jacksonville, North Carolina had two great pizza places. Stop it. Stop it. It did. (laughs) Stop it, please. Stop it. The The place in the mall was uh, some guys from New York. And then there was another place out in town called Michelangelo's where some other people from New York. It was very good pizza. What are they, what are they doing in Jacksonville, North Carolina? Yeah. Well, they couldn't afford the taxes in New York. So like everyone else up there, they started to move to Florida and they just ended up halfway there in Jacksonville. And that was that. (laughs) They got as far as Jacksonville and ran out of money. Is that what you're telling me? (laughs) Got they open a pizza place, yeah. I, my, but actually, if you if you can't get a cheese, okay. Pizza so hold on, York, you ate cheese pizza as a kid. What is your current favorite pizza in Kansas City, no less? Well, if if you're gonna have a group of people, yes, you want to get no. One pizza. If you're just ordering pizza for you, well, there's a strategy. This is not a hard question. How did this become a hard question? No, it's a, because I'm a pizza connoisseur. My wife would say. I was a pizza snob, but I, oh. no, I didn't agree with that. <laughs> but if you're going to have a group of people, of you make sure not. that one pizza. Have you noticed is, you slipped into the Oprah gown very easily? You get one pizza that's anchovies and green peppers because you rarely have to share that pizza. So, yeah, that's a good one. Anchovy <laughs> or green pepper. <laughs> so, but what is your favorite? If you're only ordering for you. If I only order for me, yes. I order cheese. Period. Wow. Jesus. Wow. Real pizza. Wow. But you gotta find a place somehow it just doesn't. Do seem you, that do you have a pl- what kind of crust? What what? How do you roll it like that? There's only really one, New York. Oh my god. <laughs> that is. The rest that is kind of a, a pizza snob. 
there's, and there's actually a pretty good place in Lawrence, Kansas, of all places. Oh, Lawrence, so, Kansas, site of a great uh, bad thing that yeah. happened during the Civil War. Um, yeah. My favorite is, I think it's Pizza Hut. Oh, yep. hey, you just lost the listener. <laughs> I, can't believe my I, father don't, I don't. I don't care. I don't. Hey, I don't again. care. I'm Irish. Pizza Hut, thin crust, supreme pizza, or pepperonis. It's a coin toss a lot, and with buttery garlic, like shit on the crust. Yeah, that's my go-to right now. Pizza pepperoni lovers, right now is my is my go-to. Yeah. In our home, Pizza Hut was referred to as Pizza Butt. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like an illiterate place there, Will. And well, I'll, I'll leave yeah. it. I'll leave it at that. My, my kids were all well trained. Oh my so. god, that you raised them to be pizza snobs. Um, next question: It is the Marine Corps birthday. Do you have a pay, favorite part of the birthday ceremony? Tim? General is reading General the Jews' well, message. I love it. Well, and then he says ceremony, and then he then he puts in parentheses evening. So I won't restrict it to the the whole evening. Did you have a favorite part of that? No, no, it's 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 reading the the original the message from General the Jews. I I I you know how do you not get moved by that? It's always been my my favorite of the ceremony. Um, the my favorite parts of the evenings. There's I don't I don't remember this much, but no, in all seriousness, no, it's, it's the uh, I like I like I like the uh, reading. I like the whole ceremony. In fact, it's an impressive ceremony, particularly if people have never seen it before. Yeah, you know? it's people it's have a never very seen impressive, it. Classy yeah. thing. Right. right. And it lasts for like about another 45 minutes class. And then it's then it goes off the rails. Very and it's quickly. our time. Yeah, it's our time. Will that evening, what is your favorite part? Yeah, absolutely. General Lejeune's message. Um, you know, uh, and and so many different parts of it are just, to me, classic. Um, and so, yeah, I think I think that's absolutely my favorite part. And. Uh, and, you know, like Tim said, I mean, I it's I, I get a tingle every time, you know, um, yeah. I I have two favorite parts. Um one is just standing around and kind of shooting the shit with everybody standing there with their spouse. Cuz that's mm -hmm. always you know, and I'm kind of a bit of a conversationalist and I'm not afraid to troll a spouse for, you know, chumming the water because they they always have something to say about something. And with their spouse standing there, sometimes it gets very funny. So I, I always enjoy that because we never do that. We're always with each other and we're rarely with, together with our spouses all in a group. So that's mm -hmm. always, right? That's always um, uh, that's always interesting to me. The other part is the dance is always interesting to me. <laughs> yes, because you could see some crazy, crazy shit. The last one... Um, the last one I went to, I tell the story about, I took Colleen and Catherine with me. Colleen goes to the bathroom the first time. She comes back. She goes, you won't believe what just happened. I said, what? She said, some boy Marines walked in the girl's bathroom and then told us all to get out and that we were in the wrong bathroom. 
I said, what happened? She said, well, all the girls started throwing stuff at him and told him to get out. So 20 minutes later, can I go to the bathroom again? Sure. So she comes back a second time. And she, you know, she has Operation Big Eyes going. I said, what happened? She goes, well, there was a girl in there and she was puking in the garbage can. And I said, really? I said, maybe she has the flu. She says, I think she drank too much. And I said, so what happened? She goes, well, her friends were holding her hand and like giving her water and trying to help her. And I said, Colleen, she probably just got some bad ice or bad food. Bad ice, J.R. West. Bad ice. Bad yeah. ice. And so she goes, uh, 10 minutes later, she goes a third time. She comes back. I said, I look at her, I'm like, now what? They were carrying this boy Marine by his feet and by his like shoulders. I said, he probably fell and hit his head. And she says, no, I think he was drunk. I said, why do you think everybody's drunk, Colleen? She said, <laughs> she said, uh, and then so Colleen and I are dancing and I'm in my mess dress and I twirl her. She goes under my arm, her Marine Corps pendant that I bought her and Catherine for the evening catches on my the buttons of my mess dress and it explodes. I didn't want somebody to step on the pendant and slip and hurt themselves on the dance floor. So we're on our hands and knees and we're um we're looking for the pendant. And like we both look in one direction and there's this lovely. She has her her long white gown hiked up to like just below her hips. She squatted down and she's twerking, right? And Colleen and I are on our hands and knees. We both look. And um, she looks back at me. And I looked at her and I said, unbelievable. And she looks at me and she says, Dad, this is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, yeah, you're not going to be like your brother and sisters who are a little bit more nervous than you tend to be, but... You see some pretty interesting stuff. I mean, that's it, it is the prom gone wrong, right? And it, then it goes, then it gets worse. Do you guys, uh, you ever serve with uh, General Hummer, Steve Hummer? You know him or ran into oh, him yeah. over? Yeah, yeah. When when uh, when I was in one nine, my first Marine Corps ball as lieutenant, he was a Bravo Company commander. I didn't know this, but I must, I, I if I'm remembering it right, if you're single and go to eighth and night, they send you to dance school. What? And because you're expected Come on. to as a single, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. That's more that eight denied legend bullshit. Hold on, hold on. So, because you're expected. When to was this? Like when General Lejeune was there? No, 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 no. This was in '86 or so. So, what I didn't know was was then you know Captain Humber had met his wife at one of these receptions. She was some kind of a, uh, a it was working in D.C. and they started the dance with just those two. I've never seen two people dance so well in my life. I, I was, it, everybody was just like, we couldn't believe it. Cause, cause as a captain, Hummer sort of looked like a Neanderthal, you know, he's a big, scary dude and <laughs> Jesus, he could dance. Yeah. I've never seen anything like it. We were all of us in all, we didn't even try after that. We're like, we're not going to drink or do anything. We're just going to just chill out. Stand here and watch Hummer, was, Hummer dance. He was, it was amazing. Him and his wife were awesome. <laughs> I, I, I never forget that. Yeah. All right. Next question. What is your favorite ice cream? Tim, are you an ice cream guy? Mint, mint chocolate chip. Mint, no, no, without reservation. If you read the Free Range International blog, you will frequently hear me contemplating how nice it is to get pecan pie and mint chocolate chip ice cream oh at the defense. Oh my God, I'm going to vomit. I would write about that shit. I love it so much. I spent like five, seven years in Afghanistan. Mint, I got chocolate, mint chocolate chip, chip ice cream and pecan pie? Night. Oh Jesus! It's oh, my two. Mighty. That's the disgusting. Two I can't eat That's disgusting. 
Not together. Not together. Oh. This is sequential. Oh. I thought you meant together. No. Well, sometimes I need one after the other, but I either get one or the other when separate, I do the defect. Separate. Sequential. Yeah, yeah, separate events. Things. Got it. Right. I, I once lamented there was like a seven-month uh, pecan pie shortage in eastern Afghanistan, and I was writing about that shit. I was so pissed. God damn. Jeffro's defect came through with the pecan pie after after that long cold spell. Jeffro finally had some. Yeah, I had to go over his place. Where does one get a pecan pie in Afghanistan? At the at defect, the man. At, at the, the defect. Oh, at the defect. I would go. I would go. I would go into Jalalabad almost every day and use the gym, and then I'd hit the defect and get some either pecan pie or mint chocolate chip ice cream. Yeah, I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. What about Will? Your favorite ice cream? Yeah, I don't. I don't eat a lot of ice cream, but when I do, it's vanilla. Jesus, cheese, pizza, and vanilla. You're a loser, Will. Dude, come on, man. Vanilla, straight up. <laughs> I'm a pizza connoisseur. Cheese pizza, right. The uh, Mine is Neapolitan ice cream. Um, and, uh, or if I, I like vanilla ice cream, but with chocolate Hershey's, right? Chocolate syrup out of the can, preferably. <laughs> Will, interesting mosaic we're getting put together here. Hey, keep those parts of your life simple. That we don't have to think about it. <laughs> Cheese, pizza, vanilla, ice cream. Who is this guy? Man? What? Um, you could take one book to a desert island. What book are you taking? Tim, one book. Oh, shit. Um, I would say uh, Churchill's History of World War II because it's a big book. And it would would keep me occupied for a long time. That's the first thing I would think of. I I almost always would almost default to, I love this kind of war. I think that's one of the best books ever written. But I've already read it like eight times, so I think I'd take something else. (laughs) Yeah. Well, one book. What book are you taking? Starship Troopers. That's pretty short. I know, and I've read it 20 times. It's a great book, though. Got it. i got to read that again. I would take the book Lend Me Your Ears. It is a book of great speeches in history. And very deep, very thought-provoking, and and moderately thick. Um, What is your favorite sport? Tim, favorite sport. And then then in parentheses, to play, to watch. Favorite sport to play, Tim. Favorite, my favorite sport to play is basketball, um, and my favorite sport to watch is lacrosse. And I like playing lacrosse too. But I, I was uh, until until well into my thirties, I was a basketball junkie, man. I played every weekend, every weekend. William, William, favorite sport to play? Uh, I would say when I was a kid, my favorite sport to play was baseball. Um, I can't remember the last time I would say I played a sport though. So, yeah, it was baseball for sure. Baseball, uh, yeah. Um, favorite sport to watch? You know, I used to be okay in person. Uh, hockey, particularly NHL hockey. NHL live, it's uh, it's pretty unbelievable. Speed, skill, uh, and everybody out there 
gives 100%, because if they don't, they get killed. So there's no one that's dogging it on the ice in the NHL. Yeah. Did you did you say what sport you like to watch, Tim? You did not. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, lacrosse. Lacrosse. I, every yeah, every every Memorial Day weekend, I watch the NCAA tournament. I love it. But yeah, I, I like I like lacrosse. I've mean, played it all the way through through college. The uh, my favorite, I the sport I played the most was baseball. But you know, for me, baseball there was always a lot of pressure that went with it. None that like my dad put on me, but I put a lot on myself because I wanted to be a professional baseball player. The sport I probably had the most fun playing was football in college because you could talk shit. In, I mean, baseball, you can't talk a lot of shit. I mean, at least you didn't. You weren't supposed to. You didn't. Football, that's all you do, right? Uh, and it was just a right. And all I did was played like other kids played, which was for the fun of it. And I had the best time. And then I, when we were at the basic school, John Carper got me to start um, – playing ice hockey and I loved playing ice hockey and uh so my favorite sport to watch is baseball or hockey one of the two and I I love college hockey or uh the NHL it fast violent you know anything where fighting is a minor you know is, can be a minor penalty I mean come on man you gotta love that All right. hey, here's a lacrosse uh, I was talking to General Paxton yesterday, and uh, he was telling me that this fall he had gone up to Cornell to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the national championship team that he was on. Wow. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, Cornell was big time when yeah. I was growing up there. They were, you know, champion. Well, Syracuse uh, was too, right? Jim Brown played at that Syracuse. Was, that was in the 60s. So yeah, was, Can you imagine yeah, Jim Brown with that Cornell stupid – Stupid ball in his little that little uh, stick. Yeah, who's gonna get it from him? Hey, Will, go get him. Yeah, that takes, <laughs> it's amazing how quickly he picked up. It's it's a difficult game to, to to really learn and pick up, and to get that proficient with the stick on both your your strong and weak hand like he was. That's 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 another different kind of human, man. I, the athletes like that are just amazing, amazing. The um all right, next question. Hold on. The the next place you'd like to visit as a tourist. Tim? I would say I would say in the Balkans, maybe Croatia, someplace Whoa. like that. I wouldn't mind uh, uh looking at, at that. Or in the or along in the Mediterranean. I'm I'm definitely interested in in, in in looking at some of those places I've just never been to. And I don't know that much about. Well, the next yeah. place you'd like to go to? You know, I've been pretty lucky. I, I've really traveled to a lot of great places, particularly overseas. And so I'm not sure there's anything outside of the country. Um, I've only been to Yellowstone once and only for about two hours. I would like to go to Yellowstone for a couple of weeks uh, and spend time up there. I thought it was just spectacular place and so many different things going on there so if you ask me where i wanted to go i would go to yellowstone yeah for sure what? oh man why are you laughing was that funny because because uh well he could have gone to yellowstone if he had just taken a recruiting duty tour but uh <laughs> i was i was i was just laughing because in in june i remember i think it was in june or july i would be driving 
towards Bozeman, be up. I would do this on purpose when they, we had our, our, our weekly call with the colonel. You're on mute, Timmy. Yeah, you muted yourself. You got so excited about your weekly call with your colonel that you muted yourself. I did the double secret mute too. Jesus. Wow, that's the, no, that's just, the worst would, form of mute. I know. I would just call in from up in the, about West Yellowstone, and I would about a half hour in, I'd say, hey, sir, I, I got to move. I'm getting snowed in. <laughs> I used to just love being able to say that, but it was uh, that's beautiful country up there in Montana. Not uh, not as beautiful when you're making when you're making mission. It's a pretty nice place. Otherwise, eh, no hard, hard living. Its beauty is irrelevant to your mission. Okay, just for the record. Uh, yep. Um, I, the next place I'd like to visit is Rome. I've never been. Uh, oh yeah, spectacular. You know, yeah, growing that's up, pretty cool. Growing up as Good a as a Catholic, you know, the center of the universe is Rome. And, uh, and, uh, well, the thing I want to see, the first thing I want to see, um, is if they have Pizza Hut there. No, I'm just kidding. Um, is they have one across the street from the pyramids in Egypt. So. <laughs> They've got to. I want to see on the, the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel, the hand of God, right? Michelangelo, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah. I, in my in my mind's eye, that I mean, that's in terms of post traumatic winning, that's a powerful image, right? This hand reaching to somebody, you know, to help. So, I'm powerful for me. Um, next uh, question: If you could be anything professionally in your next life, what would you want to be? So whether you believe in reincarnation or not, we're going to ask you to believe in it, entertain mm. the idea. So, Timmy, in your next life, what will you be? The, my next life, if I was optimized, I would like to be uh, a professor in classics. I, I would like to come back as Victor Davis Hanson. So you're like Indiana Jones's dad? You're like no, no, no. Sean Connor? No, no, just, Sean no, no, Connor? No, no. Just just being able to to digest and and uh, and teach and understand our origins to 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 such a level like like a like a Victor Davis Hanson, I would like to be that caliber of an academic. I think that would be interesting. Although holy shit, if you're doing it in the future, who knows what the academia will be like? That might be a a mission impossible thing. No, 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 because everybody's yeah. getting stupider. So you maybe will be the like elite level academic if you get through middle school in 50 years. <laughs> think about it. Think, think about it. The pack's coming no, no. The pack's coming back to you. So there you go. If you yeah. work really hard, you make the honor roll in high school, you're on TV every night. Will, how about you? In your next life, what, what if you could be anything, what would you be? I would like to be a uh, 27-year-old uh, retired multi-zillionaire so that I could live a retired life that I live now except 30 years ago uh, and be more mobile. So, yeah. But you you have to – that's that's not 
No, that's, that's what that, I want no, to be. No, sorry. It's a profession. It's not like we, I, we didn't ask you if you wanted to be retired and have a lot of money. We said, what? What? So, how would you have made that money? I guess would be the question. Yeah, I have no idea. That's that's how I that's ended up the question. For. That's the question. It's a question I never answered in my whole life. I know, but we're asking you in your next life. All right, you give that some thought. You give that some thought. All right, all right. You give that some thought. If I oh, could man. be, if I could be anything, what would I choose to be? I think Tom Brady's got a pretty good life. Mm. I think being able to be, I think being a quarterback is like the hardest athletic thing to do because everybody's running around. You can't get anybody just to stop for a second so I can figure this shit out. And so I like the idea of that. That that appeals to me. What else would I want to be? I yeah, I don't I, in in terms of something that I I would say like, yeah, I I want to be that. I don't What if you could write what if you could write like James Hornfisher? I would never do that. To sit around all day and write and be a dork? Oh, Come yeah, on. that guy. Yeah, no, those guys can write, though. I, mean, I know, that's a, I know. Look, write. I don't mean to insult his skill, yeah. and I'm not insulting his skill because it's a great thing. Yeah. I would never, that would, that would not appeal to me. I'd want to be traveling, you know, going out, doing something, being tested on a regular basis, right? Yeah, I would like, I would like to be, um, I don't know, like a super guide. One of those guys that any place on earth, Knows the flora, knows the fauna, knows how to survive and those kinds of things. Uh, yeah, but really, you gotta you gotta accumulate all that stuff. I know. Yeah, and that's why that's it, that's the so uncomfortable impressive. part. It's so impressive. Like uh, it is. Well, that book, uh, American Buffalo. That yeah, yeah. Just how much he knows about all those different things is really, I mean, really intriguing to me. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of competency. <laughs> no, I remember going that damn jet training in the Philippines, you know, with the Negritos in the jungle and how much they knew stuff. And, you know, then it was three days of picking up snails and eating them. Fucking hassle learning that kind of stuff. I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is painful for sure. <laughs> I'm I'm, I'm reconsidering. An athlete is just such a superficial existence, and I'm I'm much deeper than that. I'm sure that shocks people to hear that I'd I'd want to live that kind of super. So I would have to like in my off season, I would like to be like a philosopher or something like that. I would (laughs) I would like I would have to be like Epictetus in my off time. So I would like philosopher athlete. Um, I could be tested. Um, All right, next question. If you could be one historical figure, who would that be other than Jesus Christ? Okay. <laughs> Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan, yes. That'd be a little interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be some interesting shit. Really? Yeah. One yeah, why not? historical figure, Genghis Khan. All right. Will, how about you? Um, I would say 
Grant. That's not bad. The That's guy, not bad at all. You know, goes from failure to success and just hyper competent. And, you know, when you read his memoirs, really just get an appreciation for the guy. And you would hope that if you were that figure, you could knock some of the rough edges off at the end there. But, uh, yeah, Grant. That's a good one. You know, my instinct, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated with Magellan. Oh, uh, yeah. Right? So hanging out at the, at the port in Genoa, I see Timmy staggering around the pier. Hey, you, how'd you like to go sail around the world with me? Well, you can't do that. It's flat. We'll fall off the edge. No, it's not. It's round. Oh, no, it's not. I saw a map in the church, and it says it's flat. Yeah, that's bullshit. What? That's heresy. Shh, don't say that word out loud. We're both going to get in trouble, right? And so I think the crew that he assembled to go, Magellan, would, would have been a crew of interesting human beings, right? And uh, But so I'm trying to think of another explorer, Um. But I think Magellan is is has always appealed to me, like somebody who sees over the horizon, in his case, literally, um, before other people do. Martin Luther always intrigues me. Marty, what are you doing with that list? Well, Ma, I'm a little bit irritated. I'm going to take it down. I'm going to nail it to the uh, front door of the cathedral. Oh, Marty, your father just got promoted in the guild, and we you don't want to do that. You're going to get him blackballed, and we'll lose everything we own. Mom, I think I have to, right? Really, yes. And I think if all goes according to plan, I'm gonna I'm gonna start a reformation and my own church. So I mean, yeah, thank God there was no Twitter <laughs> back then, right? They wouldn't have, they would not have allowed that one. They would not, no. So I mean, people like that. I mean, that, that stand on the cusp of history. Uh, Magellan dies in the doesn't he die in the Philippines or some shit like that? He does, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I might back away from. What's his first name? Francisco? Ferdinand. Ferdinand. Larry Magellan. The um Yeah, so be I so I, I would I would say Magellan. I'm I've always been fascinated by, you know, just that whole expedition and 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 you know, boldly kind of like wide world of sports, going boldly going where nobody else has. That's uh, uh, Star Trek. Oh, whatever. One of those two. Uh <laughs> Next question. Your favorite fast food place. Oh. Tim, favorite fast food. Do you eat fast food? Um, my favorite fast food place would be Rudy's Barbecue. It's a Texas thing. So it's uh, it's barbecue, yeah. Rudy's if, Barbecue. If, Ruby's, if I'm driving across country, the one place I'll always, I, I always eat at a McDonald's. It's the only other place I'll eat at. Them. When I'm, when I'm, when I'm McDonald's? driving long distances, I hit McDonald's every time. I'm a little bit of a maniac about driving. I'm kind of like wanting not to stop too much. And I'll, uh, yeah. Wow. And I like McDonald's, but I don't eat it that much. Okay. When I'm driving. All right. Yeah. All right. Will, how about you? Favorite fast food place? Uh, favorites, In-N-Out. Wow. Do they have In-N-Out in Kansas City? No. They've got, what, like three in Dallas and the rest are in California and two are in Las Vegas. So that's no, it. That's wow. it. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Yeah. You're from the land. The land, yeah. Favorite fast food place. 
I'm not an in and out guy. What am I? Oh, Chick-fil-A. I'm a Chick-fil-A guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my daughter's got me hooked on it. And I don't we don't go that often. Uh but when we do, yeah. I don't know whoever invented the Chick-fil-A sauce. That stuff is righteous, man. That stuff is righteous. And I will tell you this. Chick-fil-A has the best soft ice cream in the world. No doubt, right? Hands down, the best soft ice cream on the planet is made at Chick-fil-A. If you don't believe me, just go. And I dare you to tell me that I'm lying because I'm not. That's a straight-up fact. Yeah. The um, All right, next question. If you could sit down and talk for two hours to one person in history, who would that be? Ooh, that's that's not an easy one. You should see the look Timmy has on his face. He looks like Hanson. I've already answered this one. He looks like Winston Churchill without the gin. <laughs> I'll tell you, Victor what, Davis Hanson. You can do. Way. You can still do that. So that's that no, the, no, 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 no. In I'm, all I'm, of I'm history, kidding. that's the one person. No, no, no. I, 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 I take it back. I go with Winston Churchill, though. That's a good one. I'd sit there and talk for two hours. A day. Well, I don't think I'd be doing any talking. But I'd sit there and listen for listen two hours. Listen for two, two hours. Yeah, either him or 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 or, or Sherman. Sherman, because he used to he used to do about a two-hour explanation every time he started burning down a city. He'd explain it all to everybody. He Sherman would? To Cumpson. Yeah. Oh, he would <laughs> He would sit there and issue out written proclamentos like they do in a... What? You say I'm being an asshole? He'd start writing, I'm... Yeah. Oh, yeah. He'd be interested because he's another guy that could talk for hours about what the hell he was up to. Really? Uh-huh. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. That's there interesting. William, how about you? One person yeah, you, you could know, sit and talk to for two hours, who would it be? Yeah, if they were talking, it would be George Washington. You know, another unbelievably just interesting life and everything that he did and went through. And, uh, you know, he wasn't known as a guy that made a lot of small talk. So um, so you would make small talk with him? No, I would. you'd have to get him to talk. And he didn't talk very much. So you're kind of rolling the dice with this pick. I mean, yeah, you are, you, but you get one shot the and then he decides he doesn't want to talk to you. It's kind of a waste. Father of the country, you know, I just, yeah, be fascinating. If you, if you've, you've ever been to Mount Vernon, you know, you go in and you're, you can walk right through his living room and think George Washington used to sit in that chair in the corner right there. Yeah. That's crazy. Wouldn't that be something? Mm -hmm. That's crazy. When you, I, for those, when you go to Mount Vernon, you know, you, you're in the room, right? Like the dude, he lived here, right? And then you look at the Potomac, you're like, how did that hole, what, throw a quarter across the river, man? I, and if you, you know, they didn't play throwing games back then. Like, come on, like, where did that whole thing come from? So, I don't know. I'm it's trying tomahawk to arm, man. You got to have that throwing arm ready for the tomahawk. He's the an Indian fighter. Are you left? Yeah. Are you left-handed? I am dual-handed. Yes, I I play sports left-handed. 
I, yeah. I shoot and you write just, right-handed. I'm, it's a weird thing. You just made the axe throwing motion left-handed, which is... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Interesting. I'm... Um, if I could talk to somebody for two hours, historically, you know, I've been fascinated by uh, Iwo Jima for a long time. Um... So that's in my head. I almost, George Washington and Thomas Jefferson was in my head. Ernest Evans is in my head. Right? Um, but I, I would probably sit down to talk to General Rocky, Erskine, um, or one of, one of the division commanders on Iwo Jima. That's, I would want to sit down and have a discussion uh, with them to understand it better. Next question. Of all the water sports, which is your favorite? Will's a swimmer. Timmy, water sports. Water polo. Water polo? Yes, we. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a sweet game. Wow. Will? I don't know that any of them are my favorite. Really? I, I don't know that I like any of them. And I swim because I got to. Um I mean, what are the water sports? I don't know. It's just, uh, this is an open... This I like is a... to sail. Actually, I like sailing. Oh, really? I like to sail. Yeah. When did, you, when did you learn to sail? When, when you I were... a Boy Scout. Well, no kidding. Yeah. And then we, we sailed at Navy, too, a little bit. Not much. Who? Cool. Um, yeah. I do like sailing. Small little boats, lakes, big wind. That's fun. I would tell you body surfing, probably my favorite water sport. Yeah, Did yeah. uh you know, growing up in you know, I moved to Southern California when I went to college and kinda lived there most of a lot of my life. And so always a great time. Um being out in the ocean now, you know, I'll, I'll do it on occasion with Colleen and, and uh so uh yeah, body surfing would be uh would be mine. Um next question. Relative to physical fitness. What is your favorite pastime to keep fit? Well, as we've aged, as 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 we age, I've been spending much more time lifting weights and training with uh, uh, body weight, endurance type type training. Matter of fact, one of the one of the guys I've been following was uh was was the Swede on the on that old stupid. Uh, Heartbreak Ridge movie. That guy was the uh, the guy that played the big Swede. He's a uh, oh, damn now I'm blanking on his name. He does uh, uh, over 50s fitness, and I do a lot of his routines, and they are very painful. They, and, <laughs> but it's but I I uh, I I stay on top of the uh, uh, of the weightlifting. Uh, I mean religiously because I I'm convinced that that's the only way to slow down the cognitive degeneration as we age is is by Maintaining a, um, um, a a good exercise regime, I'm convinced of it. Why do you Why do you think it slows it down? I, for for all the reasons that the that the that the the, the, the body rejuvenates and replaces muscles because of the of the weight training. There there's it seems to involve more of your body uh, uh, metabolism and and 
I think that that's the key is to keep that metabolism up and working and to keep on trying to add muscle as you age. Cause I'm not, I'm not giving up at all. I'm, I'm, I'm lifting the same as I was lifting 20 years ago. Wow. Well, yeah. But it, it takes a lot of work to stay there though. Yeah. William, how about you? I, I have a three part fitness routine. I swim three days a week. I have a concept two rowing machine that I row the other four days a week. And then I've got a fully equipped uh, power rack gym and I do a power lifting routine at least four, sometimes five days a week. And the, and all three of them are key. Uh, if, if I can do those three, I don't get repetitive use injuries. Um, and it's aerobic, but it's also, uh, you know, the weightlifting part, uh, like Tim says. So all three of them are important to me. Yeah, I don't swim. I used to, um, but I went and bought a Smith machine, which takes a lot of stress when you're lifting free weights off your joints uh, in terms of st trying to stabilize bars and things like that, which I love. And then, um, and then I've I've taken to um, I bought a trainer for my road bike, um, mm. and I don't I I I don't. Because of the stupid shit that happens when you're out riding on roads, um, I, I don't even do that anymore. I just it's uh, it's on a trainer, and um, you can via the wonders of your cell phone, you Bluetooth your cell phone to the trainer. You download an app. The app has rides on it. The rides have terrain. The terrain appears on your the screen of your phone. The slope of the terrain gets computed into the trainer which then applies friction or not, depending on the slope of the terrain. And so um, you do that, you can do free rides and, and whatnot. So um, I found that the cycling piece uh, makes it easy on your joints. Uh, and uh, and I'm, 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 I'm probably like Tim and Will. I'm pretty, I've been pretty fortunate in that I've lived an active life and I'm still, you know, I'm still full of brown. There's not a whole lot I can't do um in terms of my joints and my body but yeah free weights and uh and cycling uh for me uh next one are you afraid to travel tim are you afraid to travel no no not at all i i spent most of my adult life uh traveling extensively although i must admit I got to say this, though. I don't like flying in the United States. I, American carriers, American airports, I, I friggin' get irritated at them. But I like flying up. I like being overseas a lot. Help a lot more fun flying around overseas. Interesting. Will? Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not afraid uh, to travel. I Again, I've been very lucky. I've been in more than 50 countries in uh so I've seen a lot of the world, uh, and I enjoy, you know, one of the things I enjoy sort of driving around the U.S. Um, it's not a chore for me to drive to the East Coast uh, from my house, although it's about the most dull road you can take. I seventy between the Mississippi and uh, Columbus, Ohio is the just dullest cornfield. It is, <laughs> the dullest. but. Uh, you know, I drove to uh, Colorado and Wyoming last month. Um, I'll drive to Dallas in two weeks. That's 500 plus miles. 
I like traveling around. I'm not afraid to travel around at all. So. I'm like Will. I love driving around the country. Um, I, and especially the western part of the country. Right? I think the eastern part of the country is shit. Uh, the western part of the country. The western part of the country is uh, is breathtakingly beautiful, absolutely breathtakingly beautiful. I love driving it, uh, but no, I've traveled throughout because of my speaking. I've traveled throughout, and uh, and uh, no, I'm not uh, not afraid to travel. Um, next question. There's two more questions. Are you religious? Timothy. Yes, I, I would. How would, I would you say I was religious? I would qualify that as not a regular attender of church, but uh, somebody who absolutely believes in uh, 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 in God, in the in in the found, founding the founding documents of our peoples. Right, well, all of our all of our liberties are granted by God, and I I prefer to keep it that way. And uh, so I'm a I'm a big proponent of uh, of of uh, of religion, although not formally active in in a religious uh, practice at the moment. Got it. Will? Yeah, I'm I'm very similar. I, uh, you know, I think I have faith, but I don't. Uh, uh, I'm not sure I'm on board with the doctrines of any religion. This bothers me. Okay. <laughs> Because I'm very similar to these two fools. Um, <laughs> no, I was I was raised a Catholic. I like being a Catholic, right? Notre Dame, the Vatican. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a great Catholic, right? Um, uh, I believe in God, and I try to live my life like that. Um, but I don't I don't go to I don't go to mass anymore. Um, but I, I I I like being in church. I mean, it's a warm place for me. It's a place I grew up in, and and you know, but I would tell you that uh, more often, uh, when I'm in, when I do go to, go to mass, it's a place that I can think and meditate. Um, um, I, and I would tell you, um, I, and I don't obsess over the failings of the institutions. Um, my biggest problem with, as a Catholic, with mass, is those guys suck at giving a homily. If I could find, if I could find somebody that, you know, that that said things that would, um, that could make me think. If I could find the Ryan Holiday, the Daily Stoic of uh, of of once a week on Sunday, I'd go, I'd go. I mean, I again, I'm calling I'm kind of an a la carte Catholic. Uh, yes to that. Yes to that. Oh no to that. And so that makes me a, not a shitty Catholic. I know I, that I know. But, um, yeah, he among you who is, out th- is without sin cast the first stone, okay? So I don't care what anybody else thinks. I'll be an a la carte guy. If I could find somebody that just could say something compelling, but, I mean, most of them are awful, absolutely awful. So, um, but, yeah, I, I, I believe in God. Um, last question. You ready? Is there one thing that you want to do on this planet before you leave it? Ooh. 
you know, I, I can't. I can't think of anything right off the top of my head that I have yet to do that uh, um, that I, that I, I feel I'm compelled to have to do before uh, before I leave the planet. Not you. I, I not that you have to do. <laughs> I declare myself content. There you go. I'm, I'm ready. I'm, to, I'm ready to leave the building. I'm, I'm content. I'm content. I'm, I've, done, I've done everything. There's I really nothing to do. you Good. want to do before you exit the pattern. Sorry. Write a book, duh. Write a book. I'd like to write a book. I'd like to. I'd like to finish writing a book. I, 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 preferably a good book, but but any book will do if I just, as long as it's finished, would be nice. Yeah. Are you doing that? You are doing yes. that. Yes. I know. I know. I know. I know. I. Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, it sounds like a sensitive thing, Tim. It could be problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. I. I gotta. I'm getting there. But yeah, yeah, I would say that that is the one thing I have I have left to do. It sounds like a topic of anxiety for you, the way you you know you're you're gesticulating and you're moving around in your chair, and your voice inflection changed. Is that because I it, are you? Because I, I fucking started over is why. Oh, I completely stopped. But hey, you need no. to settle down because you know how you get yeah. emotional when yeah. you go to, go through this stuff. Oh, dude, yeah. So I started over, so it's so it's a uh, it's a painful subject. I think I'm on the right track. Got Started it. over from scratch. Damn. Ow. I know. I'm on draft I too. Know. I'm on the second draft. Uh, Will, is there anything that you haven't done that you would like to do, do before you leave the pattern? Yeah, I do not have a bucket list, but I would like to uh, go into the into the uh, World Series of Poker, any of the tournaments, because there's about 50 of them that they do in Las Vegas, and make it. I don't have to win it, but I want to be there in the end, uh, thinking I could have won this thing. So I've got to get out there uh, next year and start taking a shot at it. But uh, the yeah. wor- So we should look to see you. In the World Series of Poker. See, that's a dream. It's, the man's got a plan to get, accomplish his dream. I love it. There well, it the is. thing is, they have like 50 different tournaments under the rubric of the World Series of Poker. So I would like to go out there to Vegas next year and spend like a week and enter a couple of them and see if I can make it through this huge field where you got to be good, but you got to be lucky. And you get down at the final table and you know that I think that, yeah, I would like to be able to do that. Because other than that, I don't, I really don't have a lot of ambition for other things. You know. You know, Tim said that when we were captains about you, but I just, I never thought I'd hear you say it about yourself. Yeah. Hey, if you've done what I've done, what else is there? <laughs> oh man, I want a broader venue to show people that you can go through a lot of really difficult shit and you can live a great life. And um, the work I've done for the last three and a half years, almost, well, almost the last three three years has, um, has been the most incredible experience, uh, I mean, probably of my life. And I've, I've lived a life with some amazing experiences. But, um, and I just, I mean, I'll pick on Tim. Um, I won't pick on him, but, um, you know, when Tim was going through post-medic winning, you know, we were talking about things that 
fundamentally change your life. You know, you know, he, he says the interview that Mac did with me, right? Where all of a sudden I started telling the truth about me and, you know, and, and so I have those kind of experiences on a regular basis. And, and I see for what I believe is about 95% of the population, if you don't have a serious mental illness, there's a path for you. But for some reason, nobody likes to look you straight in the face and sit you down and say, hey, sit down. Let me show you how, to, how that you could do this, and then I'll help you. And you can do it. And so I, I want a broader airing of that, and I hope that happens um, before I die. Uh, so I can see it, and uh, because uh, it's pretty cool, pretty cool life. All right, that's the end of the questions. Do you have any questions you want to add to the list? Uh, right? Well, how about each? No. How about <laughs> each? Of, how about each of you? One question for the group. No, this is this is one of those things where it's going to be so annoying because for the next few hours you're going to be thinking, I should have said that. I should have said this. Oh, I hate these things. I've got no questions for you. None. What a loser. Uh, what a pile. No, no, no <laughs> questions. I just say, you know, this this show will be on on Veterans Day. And uh, another yeah. you know, big day. For all yeah, it is. And it's, uh, it's a it's, I mean, it's been. Yeah, so, okay, let's talk about that. So, Timmy, so, um, on Veterans Day, what do you think about? I, I go down to the, uh, the we get a, um, a ceremony, excuse me, I'm sorry. We've got a, a, a cemetery here, uh, a military cemetery that I go down and, uh, uh, you know, we lay, lay flags, have a little ceremony there. That's a, that, then that's, that's pretty much, uh, pretty much it. You know, think about, uh, some of the guys that, uh, we, we served with that aren't, aren't with us any longer. Got it. Well, how about you? When you think uh, of uh, Veterans Day, what do you what do you think of, and is there anything you do? Um, you know, I think of two guys: uh, uh, Staff Sergeant Sam Holder and Lance Corporal Kyle Burns were killed in action in Fallujah in 2004. And so I, I had come home with a battalion in October, and then Charlie Company had deployed via Okinawa and was with First Battalion, Third Marines in uh, 31st Mew and went to Fallujah. And so when we were coming out, they were going in and, and I knew where they were going. And I made it a point to go over there and I, I talked to the company. I shook all their hands and wished them luck. And, uh, and uh, Holder, Silver Star recipient, uh, basically attempting to interpose his vehicle between where the fire was coming from as they were trying to medevac some guys. And he and Burns... Uh, were killed in action that day, and uh, and me and my sergeant major went to uh, went to their funerals, which was probably, you know, the next week. So it was a week before Thanksgiving, and uh, um, and those were the two first two funerals that that I did as a battalion commander, you know, handing the flag to their mom, and so Veterans Day. Uh, used to be, uh, you know, Tomb of the Unknown, and it's a day after the Marine Corps birthday, and there was a lot to it. But for me, it's very, it just gets narrowly focused on on those two Marines in particular, um, and then it just branches out. And Veterans Day is, it's not Memorial Day, right? It's a celebration of veterans as opposed to those that have fallen. Uh, 
but because those two guys uh, were killed on Veterans Day, it uh, you know it's with me every mm-hmm. every year this time of year, but particularly on November 11th. That, that's uh, I think of those guys, and then all the other guys that we know. You know, I I try to remind everybody that Veterans Day is thank you for your service day. Right. Okay? That's not Memorial Day is not that day. Memorial Day is thank their families, thank their extended families, you know, pay attention to them. Memorial Day is not thank you for your service day. Although, I mean, it's 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 humbling when people say that. But uh, whether you handed out basketballs or whatever you did, um, I think about on Veterans Day, one of the coolest experiences I've had after I don't know which time I came back from Iraq. It was the first or second. I think the second. And... Catherine was in middle school and she said, will you come to my Veterans Day program? And I said, sure. And uh, so I go to the gym at Valley Middle School in Grand Forks, North Dakota. And there's a, there's like a little seating area. There's a seating area for veterans and their families. So we sit down there, you know, I, all the students are in the bleachers and whatnot, and they have a little program. And, uh, and I was a city councilman at the time, I think. And, um, I might have even got up and said something. I can't remember. And so it, it ends and, and wave goodbye to Catherine because she's got to go back to class. And then, you know, I come home from work and she's, she said to me, she said, um, I know it's kind of hokey, but what did you think? I said, it was one of the coolest days of my life. And she looked at me and she said, are you joking? And I said, no. I said, you know what? Today, I grew up as a little boy I idolize those guys, guys who fought in World War II, guys who fought in Korea, guys who fought in Vietnam. And today I got to stand up with them. And that's the first time in my life I've ever done that. And I said, I almost started crying right there because I looked up, they were my heroes. Like I wanted to be a baseball player, but if you were a veteran and you fought for this country, you were you were above baseball players in my in my view of the world. And I said, and today, you know, towards the end, when they said, would everybody who's fought in World War II please stand up? And they went down, and I got to stand up with those guys. She said, yeah. I said, that was the best. That was the best. I said, so thank you for inviting me. So, I, I you know, I remember that. And, and I mean, how um, I always looked up to veterans in this, uh, in our country, and, and uh, I still get, the charge I get out of interviewing people like Jack Riley and, and, and all the different veterans I've met through all Marine radio and how they still to this day inspire me, you know, Jack Riley now holding the hands of his Marines who are dying from exposure to agent orange and, and telling them it's okay. We'll take care of your family. You know, it's okay to go. And you see that kind of example throughout one's life. And, and it's pretty, pretty amazing. So anyway, so veterans day tomorrow, that's what I think of. All right, boys. Um, that's a little glimpse behind the curtain. Holy smokes. Yeah. It is. Yeah, there you go. All right. Have a good one. All right. All right, see mate. You guys. I'll see you guys. See you guys later.
And that'll do it on a uh, Thursday, Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day to everybody out there. And if you have a veteran in your life, don't be afraid to thank them for their service because that's what today's about. And um, and just know this, that uh, I tell my kids this all the time. This country didn't get to be it the way it is because nobody gave a shit about it. Um, and throughout our history... You know, we've had people that have stepped up and defended the nation uh, during the Cold War, people that served and spent a lot of time away from home. And so on Veterans Day, we celebrate service. Yeah, so don't be afraid to say thank you for your service. And then I think you should be inspired by veterans and their selflessness and in some way, shape or form, serving your community. That's your responsibility. So don't be afraid to share that either, right? This country, greatest nation on the planet because great people live in this country. I don't give a shit what anybody tells you. And I'll just give you an example. Um, some high school kids at a, at a girl's high school, at a boy's high school hockey game where a girl was playing goalie started chanting some vulgar sexual thing to her suck my whatever okay and it's been in the news for the last, about the last week that team played again last night the arena was sold out in support of her sold out in support of her that's the kind of country that you live in Right, so don't don't be dismayed or believe that the shit you see on the evening news is what this country is about. It is not, and then you have to find a way to contribute in your community to make it a better place. So, on that note, I'm Mike McNamara. This is All Marine Radio. Happy Veterans Day! If I can help you help somebody, be they a veteran or not, let me know. I'd be more than happy to. And on that note, we'll see you on Monday. I'm out.